We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, for all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. What wonderful truths. Well, we are in the Creed and we're continuing our series and uh, it's been so marvellous, Dan kicking us off last week. Now, for some people, uh, they've kind of wondered, why are we going through the Creed? The Creed's obviously full of condensed theology. It can be quite meaty to go through. For some people that I've met, they've said, well, I've met Jesus in a meeting. I've had an encounter. I know that he's real. Um, A Creed or anything else like that isn't necessarily going to clarify it more for me. Well, in many ways, that can exactly feel uh, like that. It's almost like you're turning from a real encounter with Jesus to a description about Jesus and God. In some ways, a description feels less real than the real deal. But it's not unlike a man standing at the beach, looking out over the ocean and thinking, wow, this is real, I can see it, and then turning to a map. In some ways, a map might feel more unreal than the real view from the beach. However, when you look at a map, there's a very different purpose. If you look at the map of the Atlantic Ocean, uh, it's in some ways less real than the real deal when you're standing on the beach. But if you're standing on the beach and you're trying to figure out your way across the Atlantic to America, you're never going to be able to get there without a map. And a map in many ways maps out the vastness, the greatness, the details of the ocean that you could never just see standing from the beach. And in many ways, our relationship with Jesus, we encounter uh, God in person as we meet with him, but also as we stand back, read in scripture, take time to think about it, we can put these things together to understand who God is. Now, we are on a journey. We are on a journey to eternity and we're in a journey, a relationship with God. And as we are on that journey, we're traveling from one land to a new land. And as we cross across the ocean, the details 
and the explanations along the way are really going to help us to understand who God is and where we are going. So we're currently today in the section where it says, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, the only son of God, the eternally begotten of the father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the father and through him, all things were made. We've landed to the section where it speaks about Jesus. Who is Jesus? And in many ways, this is probably the most important question to ask when it comes to Christianity. Now, I've got several friends who have got different views about who Jesus is. I play badminton on a Tuesday night, and I sometimes have conversations with my friends about who Jesus is. And uh, uh, James, who is a, a JW, believes that Jesus is a high being. Uh, he's not like man, but he's definitely not God either. Mebs is a um, uh, Muslim and he believes that Jesus is a prophet, that he came to bring a message. Uh, Rick is a Hindu and he believes that Jesus was a great teacher who teaches us what life is like and how we can live it best. And Rich doesn't really care much about Jesus and doesn't want to talk about it. So there's all sorts of ways in which people view Jesus. And in many ways, we have to take time to think about who Jesus is if we are wanting to follow him. Christians are called Jesus followers. So if we are claiming to follow Jesus, then we must answer the question, who is he? And I wonder what you view Jesus as. Who do you think Jesus is? And I want to encourage you as I start talking, why don't you get some piece of paper and a pen and just write down or sketch out who you think Jesus is. Maybe the kids that are watching as well, why don't you take some time to draw a picture of what you think Jesus is like, who he is. Maybe write some words to go with it. What do you think he is like? What's his character like? And write it down. I'd love to see that at the end of my message. So the word uh, here, the words are very carefully chosen it's almost condensed theology when we look at the creed and to really understand where this comes from we need to understand a little bit of history how the creed came into being the creed was an answer to many misconceptions about the christian faith so i've put a little video together to try and really condense the, the history of the creed even for those who are not so much into history so why don't we move over and look at this little video to introduce you what the creed is about and why it was so important and what it clarified about jesus the story starts with Emperor Constantine, who claimed to have had a vision from God to make Christianity the new faith of the Roman Empire. With Christianity starting to become the main religion and persecution fading away, some other problems arose. Heresies. Different teachers started to confuse the message of Christianity, leading to disunity within the church. Constantine was ready to give the keys to the religion of the empire to the Christian leaders, but they could not agree together. First there were the Docetists, who believed that Jesus was merely a spirit, that he pretended to be human. But if Jesus wasn't truly human, then could he have truly suffered? And if he hadn't suffered, could he have truly died? And if he hadn't truly died, how could he have risen from the dead? And if he had not risen from the dead, would there be any hope for mankind to find life after death? And there were the Arianists. Arians started to teach that Jesus was created by God and the highest creature created but not equal to God. 318 bishops gathered together in 325 AC in the coastal town of Nicaea to settle matters. The main debate focused on the Trinity. What is the Trinity? The Trinity means that God is one but exists of three different persons. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. However, the Father is not the Son and not the Spirit. The Son is not the Father and not the Spirit and the Spirit is not the Father and not the Son.
The debate became between two people, Arius and Athanasius. Arius claimed that Jesus was created by God as the highest created being but not equal to God, whereas Athanasius introduced the idea that God the Father and God the Son were of homoousian, the same substance. They are of the same substance, yet different persons. This clarified the matter, and the majority signed the Nicene Creed to claim that God the Father and Jesus were of the same substance, yet different persons. Constantine was happy, he dusted off his robe, and got back to building the empire. Well, there you go, a little bit of classical languages for you there, and a bit of background of the Creed. Hopefully that'll uh, make you understand why the Creed was put into place, and why it's so important. So. The words that we are looking at today are very carefully chosen, and it talks about Jesus as the only begotten son of God. Now, the word begotten is kind of a, a strange word, isn't it? We don't really use that in our everyday language, but it's a very important word that was carefully chosen. So when you beget something, it means, generally speaking, you become a father. So if, um, if a man becomes a father, he begets a child. And generally, you beget something that is of the same kind as you are. So a human being begets a baby, a human child. A beaver begets a little beaver. Um, a bird begets eggs, which then turn into little eggs. You beget something that is of the same kind. Now, in some ways, that what you create is not of the same kind, that what you create is of a different kind. So human beings may build a house. It's not quite what we are. Uh, uh, beavers might build a dam or birds might build a nest. They build something or create something that is different to them. Now, if we were to create something that looked like us, but was um, uh, reflecting our image, we could probably get as close as taking a picture or making a statue. However way it may resemble to us, it's still not truly us. We could uh, make a statue, but it wouldn't really convey who we are. Now, in many ways, that what God has created reflects him. So when you look at the universe and the world, we can see that God's reflected in that. For example, he created space. Space something, says something about the vastness of God, the greatness of God. He created matter that has energy that reflects something of the power of God. However, the energy in matter is different from the power that God has. Uh, for example, animals. Animals have life, but the life in animals is different from the true life that God has. And then ultimately, God created mankind as the closest reflection of who God is. He created something in his image, his likeness, but it's still a dim reflection. It's like we have a natural source of life in us, that is still different from the life that is in God. It's like we are a statue from uh, a picture from God. When it talks to Jesus, it says that Jesus was the only begotten son of God. He is the one who is actually the same. What God begets is the same. What God creates is different from God. And therefore, Jesus begotten by the father means that he is the same as the father. Now, Jesus tells us, of a world when he came to the earth that is different from our world. He becomes to reveal something about God, about eternity. Eternity is his homeland, and he is our guide to try and navigate us across the seas of life to the Father, the eternal Father. And he alone is the perfect reflection of the Father. Now, in many ways, that's a little bit hard to understand, but in Hebrews, we can read, Hebrews 1 verse 3, that the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. 
the, the Son is the radiance of the glory of the Father. It's a little bit like if you were to turn on a torch and you shine a light. The light comes from the torch, but it shines onto something else. Jesus is that radiance, that light that comes directly from the Father. Now, many religions teach that we have an opportunity to be becoming one with something that's greater to us. So uh, many religions teach that, that there's a, a big sense of energy in the cosmos and that at the end of the, this world, we may merge into this energy, into positive energy or a little bit like a drop in the ocean. But the Trinity teaches something very different. The Trinity teaches that God is personal, <clears throat> that he is three people, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, three persons, not people, um, and he has created us as people in his likeness. But also the gospel tells us that we have an opportunity to be invited into this relationship, not like a drop in the ocean, but as a separate personal being to join a community of three different beings. Now, it's quite difficult to try and understand the Trinity because really we're talking about something that is out of our dimension. And C.S. Lewis explained a lot of things that I've said before already, but he, but he uses a very classical picture to explain the Trinity. And let me try and use it. So, for example, you see here uh, a line. In our world, we have different dimensions. So we have three dimensions. You can move up and down, backwards uh, and forwards, and then you can turn left or right. Now, in three, in three dimensions, you can create all sorts of things. Now, imagine we lived in a dimension that only had one dimension. That means you could only move from left to right or from top to bottom. Or um, uh, if you then move over and you think of a two-dimensional world, you could create a square. Now, it means that the one dimension is still included in the two dimensions. You can still have a line within a square, but it's different. And then when you move on, you can see that although four lines make up one square, in a three-dimensional world, six squares can make up a cube. So you can see one line makes, uh, uh, if you combine it together in a square, that's four lines. If you then put six squares together, you get a cube. Now, if you were to live in a two-dimensional world and you try to explain that there is a three-dimensional world, you couldn't quite get your head around it. If I was to say there's two squares, but somehow they're included together, you, you wouldn't be able to see that. If you had two dimensions, you think two squares is two squares. Yet when you lived in a three-dimensional world, you could think that six squares together could make one cube. So you think of something that is out of our dimension. Now, when we talk about the Trinity, somehow in our world, having three different beings means three different persons. However, in the dimension of God, it means that three different beings can still be one being. And this is where we kind of get baffled and uh, struggle to understand. We think, why talk about all these things? If all of this is so difficult to comprehend, why should we waste time to even try and get our heads around it? Well, that is a very good question. And actually the purpose of us talking about this isn't really trying to figure out God. The purpose of us talking about this is because Jesus has invited us into a relationship with the Trinity. So we can read in John 1 verse 18. Let me just go there. It says the following. It says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father. He has made him known. 
Well, if you look at the original King James Version, they use that same word. He's the only begotten son of God. That's where it comes back. He is the only one who was begotten, who's the same as the father. And he has been with the father for eternity. And it says here, he is in closest relationship with the father. Now, when you dig through the language underneath that, what it talks about is he was at the bosom of the father, the heart of the father. He was at the side of the father in the father's embrace he was so close to god like no one else so when jesus came to earth he came to reveal the father to us out of a relationship with the father he had the perfect relationship with the father and he was the exact representation of the father he came to reveal the father to us now i don't know about you but that intimate relationship we struggled to convey. But for me as a dad, when my girls were little, as little babies, someone would feed them and I would hold them and I would try to rock them to sleep afterwards. I would hold them at my bosom, at my chest, and they would be listening to my heartbeat. I might be speaking to them or singing to them. And, and, and it's as if we were one. They were so close to me. We were intimately connected. And that is very much the picture that John speaks of. It's that word of a son close to the heart of the father and the father's embrace. So when Jesus comes to us and he comes to reveal the father, he comes to speak about something that he knows. When he told the parable of the lost sons, the younger son going off, and then the father looking out, and when he sees him coming, he runs up to him and he embraces him. He knew what the embrace of the father felt like. He knew what it was to be at the heart of the father, close to the father. And when he came to reveal the father to us, he came to tell us of the plan that God had for us. God's plan was to invite us into the same relationship as he has with the father. It says in 1 John 5 verse 1, it says everyone who believes that Jesus the Christ, in Jesus the Christ, has been born of God, begotten of God, not from eternity, but for eternity. We can be born of God. We can become partakers of this relationship within the Trinity. And that, my friends, is an absolute marvel. It just makes your, your, your brain explode and your heart sing when you think about it, that we finite beings are invited into a relationship with the Trinity, with the Father, at the close heart of the Father, like Jesus is. It's a, it's a mystery. It's an absolute wonder. And Jesus came to reach out to us. Now it says in 2 Peter uh, 1 verse 3, it says that we may become partakers of the divine nature. This is what Jesus came to invite us into. You see, we were separated from God. We, we weren't of the same substance as God. We weren't begotten by God. We were created. But he invites us to become and to become a partaker, to be born of God. This is the mystery. We have earthly life in us, natural life in us, but Jesus came to give us spiritual life. It's like as statutes, there is a rumor going through the shop that real life is available. Jesus wants to make us from an image of God to become true children of God. And in many ways, we, we are all in general children of God because he's created us, but we are unlike Jesus. We are not created in God's true image, in, in his perfection. We are not one with God. And Jesus has come to invite those who are made in the reflection of God to be born of God, to become partakers. 
And the picture that really helps uh, this to understand is almost like a buffet. Jesus invites us to come and join the buffet with God. You see, we have done nothing to cook this meal. We have done nothing to earn this meal. But we've been invited at the table with the Father to come and partake in the Trinity, the friendship that the Trinity has. And when we sit down, we, we, we get to taste it. We get to eat it. Now, we are invited. The invitation is for all of us. The reality is that we need to accept that invitation to come and sit at the table of God, to partake in his Trinity community, his friendship, and to come and partake. Now, what I do in, in the morning often is I spend time with Jesus and I sit down and I read the words and I pray. It means that I am partaking in a relationship with God. You have been invited into this relationship. You can, uh, you can accept it, but you also must partake in order to experience it. So if you were to accept Jesus as your savior, that doesn't mean that you have tasted yet what it means like to be one with God. That's an unfolding mystery and a journey as we go through life in which we are invited into friendship with God. So we are invited to become part of that relationship and we are invited to come and partake in that. So there is something absolutely mind-blowing. When we join the Trinity in this relationship, it already starts to play out in our lives now. So when you are praying, we draw close to the Father. And it's through Jesus the Son that we can get close to the Father. And Jesus prays with us. He prays for us, it says in Scripture. And then there's the Holy Spirit who gives us language and words how to speak with the Father. And so you're just thinking I'm saying a short prayer. Really what you're doing is you are partaking into the divine nature of God. You are joining the Trinity in its friendship and community. And this is what plays out now. Now in this life, it's only as a dim reflection. When we come to eternity, we will be part of the community of God at the heart of God and we will see him face to face. And it will be something that will absolutely delight us for eternity. We will not get uh, uh, any less excited. We will continue to grow in that relationship with God. So let me encourage you. Uh, Jesus, uh, he is inviting us not just to be looking at the sea from a distance. He's our captain. He has come to the beach and he wants to take you across the Atlantic to the new eternal promised land. He knows the map's been drawn out and he has come to bring us those who are just statues, reflections of God, true life, not just natural life, but spiritual life. And my question to you this morning is, have you taken it? Have you taken that life from Jesus that's been offered to you? Have you become a partaker of that life? If not, don't let today go by without grasping the opportunity to do that. And if you have, can I encourage you to make the most of it? Fill your heart with the truths of scripture, these beautiful words of the creed, the, the opportunity to see God close in prayer and to worship him. Your heart will be transformed as you do. You're a child of God, born of God. You're invited into the family of the heart of the father. Very close, intimate relationship. What an absolute delight. I want to just give us some opportunity uh, to respond to this. So if you're in your living room and you feel freshly delighted about this wonderful truth, maybe even for the first time, can I just encourage you to take a brief moment, just stand up in your living room where you are, just to uh, uh, say a prayer with me and respond to take that invitation. So if you're at home, why don't you take an opportunity just stand up? If you want to respond to this and celebrate with me afresh that amazing truth, maybe even for the first time, just to invite Jesus in and thank him for this opportunity. Just where you are, if you want to respond, then just stand up. Let's do this together.
maybe raise your hands. Let's respond to this. Jesus, thank you that you have come to invite us. Thank you that you are the perfect image of the Father and that you have come to invite us into a relationship with the Father. Thank you that you draw us close to the heart of the Father and we want to respond to that. Maybe even for the first time for some today. Lord, we want to respond to you. Say thank you. Thank you. What a marvel. What a mystery. You are glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go over into responding into a song. I don't know about you, but I can't think of the Trinity without my heart exploding and wanting to sing and worship God. So we're going to do that. And after that, we're going to have some opportunity to pray for one another.
song blessings coming straight from the heart of god the trinity itself over us through jesus well it's absolutely delightful i hope you are encouraged to your heart is singing like my heart is about these truths and i want to just spend some time to respond to this because we are invited into the trinity the uh, eternal reality we're going to experience such as healing and completion is already breaking into this life now last week we had a wonderful testimony of two people simon lummers and adrian cottrell uh, shared their testimony how during this zoom setting they were prayed for and they were healed of their shoulder pain miraculously something of heaven has already broken through here on earth and i want to take a moment again to give you the opportunity today the week before with that we had Maxine giving a testimony about uh, God breaking through in her headache for a few days, which was really encouraging. We want to celebrate that, but we also want to press on and see God's breakthrough in your life ongoingly. So I'm going to share with you a few prophetic words that have been shared with uh, a team at Life Church here. And uh, I want you to listen carefully. If any of these things resemble you, 
I want you to get up on your feet uh, or move about or place a, a hand at the body part that's hurting or somewhere you want to have breakthrough in. And then afterwards, we're going to pray for this. And I'm going to encourage you to really go for it, to see something of heaven breaking through now and something of that eternal reality already starting to break in. So uh, Joe Atwell shared a word <clears throat> that there was somebody who struggled with intimacy, feeling distant from the father that he's inviting you to come face to face like we've looked at this morning. Uh, perhaps you are held back by busyness or shame or other things. The father is drawing you. There's somebody who's struggling or feeling like they're in a hamster wheel, just going round, 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 really busy, but not feeling close. God is inviting you this morning. Somebody who's got some physical um, um, effects of this, some acid reflux that you've regularly had coming through that's been in the way. I want to encourage you to respond to that. Uh, Hannah Graham shared somebody who's struggling with a carpal tunnel syndrome uh, in their wrist. God wants to bring healing to you today, probably brought about about working from home. Uh, somebody else who's got heart problems. Again, God wants to touch you and bring healing today. Hannah Ganderton shared a word about someone who's got night uh, nightmares where they're struggling to peacefully sleep. God wants to break through in your sleep. Um, somebody who's got pain in their foot or ankle. God wants to bring healing to you today. Uh, Geo shared about somebody who's uh, in the business world struggling to know how to move forward or what to do. This is the decision that you need to make. God wants you to know that it's time to move forward and that he will take care of you in the future to come. Do not be scared. Um, somebody who's wanting to press into the gifts of the spirit, but not quite sure where and how and what, particularly the gifts of tongues. I want to encourage you to go for it, he says, to just let the words come out and God will lead you as you do. As Simona shared a word about somebody needing some breakthrough in learning uh, to grasp hold of our new identity in Christ. Um, Gary shared a word about Jesus being the same yesterday, today and forever, that God wants to remind you that he is always true. And then lastly, uh, Gary shared somebody who's struggling with a lock joint uh, and somebody with some limited movement in the arm. I've just whizzed through this. I know it's kind of a long list. If any of these words resemble any of the things that you want to see great breakthrough in, then I want to encourage you to stand up in your living room or place a hand on the body part that you want to see breakthrough in. And I'm going to just pray over Zoom and I'm going to expect that God's going to move just like he has done over the last few weeks and the testimonies that we've heard. He is good and he wants to bring his goodness to you this morning. Jesus, I want to pray that you come with your Holy Spirit and that you come and touch us now. I command sickness to go. I command dreams to vanish and good dreams and peaceful sleep to come. I command peace to come over those who are anxious. Uh, we pray for the future. Lord, we place it in your hands. Lord, we thank you that you have come to bring us good things, that you bring breakthrough, that you lead us on. Lord, I pray that you will lead us on. Lord, I pray for healing in bodies, Lord, right now for acid reflux to go, Lord, for ankles to be healed, Jesus, for headaches to lift, for confusion and anxiety to go, for locked joints to pop open, for carpal tunnel syndromes to seize and for heart problems to normalize. Jesus, I pray that you will come and that you will work with your spirit now. Just take a moment where you are, just move a body part, just test out, see what's happening. Um, it's going to be a little bit hard to get feedback, but it'd be really helpful to see something. So if you feel that your pain has 
decreased or your mobility increased just with wave, wave with one hand. And if you've had some complete breakthrough in this moment that you're aware of, just wave to me with two hands. If you can do that now, that will be great. Just wave at me with one hand if you had some improvement. Two hands if you had some complete breakthrough. Well done. Thank you. We're zipping through these things. If you haven't got your video on, then turn your video on so I can see you. Very good. All right, I'm going to pray once more. We'll go again. Last time, Simon Lummer said that the first time nothing happened, the second time we prayed, God broke through. So we're going to do that again. Be persistent. So again, just place a hand on a body part or picture the area that you want to see breakthrough in. Jesus, we pray, will you come with breakthrough? We command breakthrough by the power of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I command healing to come into bodies. I command pain to go. I command mobility to increase. I command futures to be unlocked, relationships to be unlocked. And we pray, Jesus, that you will come, Lord, and now bring peace for those who are anxious. Thank you that there's life in you and power in you. In Jesus' name. All right, let's do the same thing again. If you have had a decrease in pain or an increase in mobility, just wave with one hand. If you felt some breakthrough altogether, wave at me with two hands. Just test it out. Right, just wave at me. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you, Terry. Anyone else? If you haven't got your video on and you feel some breakthrough, then just turn your video on so we can see you. Wave with one hand if you had an improvement. Two hands if you had breakthrough. Wonderful. Very good. Thank you, Chloe. Very encouraging. Thank you, Western family. Very good. Brilliant. Well, let's do one more. And uh, we entrust uh, Jesus with our breakthrough. We've seen some, some hands waving, and now we want to see some complete breakthrough. Jesus. I pray that you'll come and bring complete breakthrough. Thank you for the increase in mobility or the decrease in pain. Lord, I pray right now that you will come and bring complete breakthrough. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you've experienced some breakthrough, we would really, really love to hear from you. And because it's quite hard to do that via Zoom, I want to really encourage you, please drop us a message. You can either text message me if you've got my number, or you can send an email to hello at wearelifechurch.uk. And I really want to encourage you to do that so we can encourage one another. And uh, thank you so much. We trust that God's breakthrough will continue to grow.